Hello, everybody, and welcome to Slash Her, a delusional book into the art of horror and all things spooky, kooky, and terrifying. My name is Adrian. And I'm Stormy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, hi, Stormy. Hello. Hello, 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 hello. I'm very happy to talk to you this week. Me too. I feel like we haven't talked in ages. It feels like it's been so long. I don't... The days at this point are meshing together. I mean, it's probably been like that for a minute, but like... The depression's hitting again. (laughs) (laughs) Not that she ever left, but... (laughs) Wait, what are you drinking? I'm drinking a Sonic Hard Seltzer. (laughs) Oh, what flavor? This one's lemon berry, but they have cherry limeade, they have ocean water... They have <gasps> all kinds. They have a hard seltzer that tastes like ocean water. Mm-hmm. What? I'm allergic to coconut, so I can't have it, but it sounds delicious. Oh, Coke. I mean, have you ever, I mean, I know you're allergic, but have you ever mm-hmm. like tasted ocean water? Oh, yeah. I love ocean water. So good, right? It's like the yeah. one thing from Sonic that I'm like obsessed with. It's so tasty, but um, it's fake uh, oh. flavoring at Sonic, so I can have some of it, but... Interesting. I just try not to tempt fate too often. <laughs> uh, you know what? This is, let me get on track because I saw an article actually <laughs> not too long ago, probably honestly just yesterday on Twitter where there was like a study showing that like when people tune into a podcast, if like within the first five minutes, you don't start discussing like the topic of the podcast, people turn it off. <laughs> oh, not me. I'm here for the drama, but I guess same. I never care. When I listen to podcasts and people um, just like talk about random shit at the beginning, I love it. I listen to the Goosebuds podcast. I don't know if anybody else does. Mm -hmm. Um, But they're like, they take like literally 15 minutes before they even get to like the book that they're talking about for the week. Us, always. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, I vibe with it. I'm here for, you know, the people who are talking and what's been going on. Um, Do you ever feel like podcasters are your friends? um, I do, actually. Yeah, sometimes I'll be like, I'll be talking to somebody like in real life and I'd be like, oh, my friend told me blah, 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 blah. And then like in my head, I have to like remind myself that, no, you heard that on a podcast, bitch. Like they don't know who you are. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Podcasts honestly are like, I don't know. They're like one of my favorite things, to be honest. I mean, that's why we're here Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) because it's fun. It's fun to talk and it's fun to hear people talk about things, especially when it's like. I mean, I don't know. Everybody likes a different type of podcast and different flows. I mean, I I love like casual conversation on podcasts like so much. I love like when podcasts get very structured and like very in detail. Um, I love the faculty of horror because they do that. Like they are like so intricate with what they present every single time they release an episode. Um, but I really enjoy like casual conversation. So, you know, talking about other shit randomly doesn't bother me. Um, but that study says otherwise i guess so (laughs) that study can suck my ass uh but to get down to business we are on the third and final week of the films on shutter month we of course this week will be discussing the 2021 film the medium i'm very excited to talk about it um and kind of jump into it to be honest uh speaking of podcasts actually really quickly i guess like a quick what's been spooking you a quick rundown i started watching i guess it's not really horror but it's more like mystery true crime i started watching the only murders in the building show on hulu have you heard about this show i don't think so 
Okay, so she is very funny. It has Mar uh, it has Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez in it. And it's pretty much these people who live inside this like very posh, very rich and lavish New York apartment building. And somebody inside the building is murdered. And so these three people, they meet each other first and foremost because of their love of a true crime podcast. And so when somebody in their building is murdered, they kind of take it upon themselves to like conduct a true crime podcast and figure out who killed this person. Um, Not them playing Clue. <laughs> it is such a blast. I love it. I don't know if you ever like if you watch like the first episode. I would love to hear your opinion on it because I am obsessed with it. But I love like murder mysteries. I love murder, or I love dark you know dark comedies. Like we've discussed yeah. all this, so it just is right up my alley, and I've had a blast with it. It sounds like it would be up my alley, so might have to hop on Hulu tonight. Give it a shot. I definitely just want to hear your opinion because again. I don't I don't know. I would like to hear what you think about it cuz I mean the true crime aspect and like the way they kind of poke fun at true crime podcasts a little tiny bit is very funny to me and I know you love your true crime. So I was like I wonder if Stormy would like think this is funny or not cuz I of course laugh at anything and everything <laughs> that involves death. I love Steve Martin, so Oh yeah, Daddy Steve. He's so cute. <laughs> daddy Steve. We have a lot of daddies. <laughs> Our daddy issues shine through every single week, so um but yeah, honestly, it's been a pretty chill week. I haven't really watched much else. And I don't know. I'm ready to kind of just get into the movie. Actually, uh, Halloween Ends has started filming this week. Not that we're doing like a This Week in Horror or anything. But Jamie Lee posted a picture uh, on set. Did you see it? Mm-hmm. She, Lori Strode went to a hairstylist and uh, she got that thing blown the fuck out, girl. Her wig is looking real nice. She's looking laid. Mm -hmm. Lindsay Wallace still has the bangs. It's been a couple years, and you know Michael Myers almost killed her, and that still didn't push deter her, to get her rid from of the having bangs. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see what happens. If Michael Maybe Myers can't bully her into getting a different haircut, I don't know what can. <laughs> if death is staring at her in the face, and she only has a sack of bricks to save her life, and it puts her in the hospital still, if that didn't convince her to get rid of the bangs, nothing ever will. So. But I'm really excited still. I mean, I know Halloween Kills was what she was, and it wasn't everything for, or it wasn't, you know, everybody's favorite. Anything. <laughs> but I, again, I didn't, I, I've always looked at it as just like being the middle of the trilogy. Uh, and ends, I'm hoping, really does wrap everything up with a nice little bow. So I'm still excited to see what happens. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, but I guess we can honestly just jump into the medium, because I feel like... There's a lot to discuss with this movie. We'll see. It was a very long movie. Oh, my so God. Let's go ahead and just jump into it. Hey, everybody. So if you're enjoying the podcast so far, definitely look into giving us a rating. It would be really, really beneficial. We're open to ideas and feedback. It really goes a long way. So go ahead and look into giving us a rating. Again, we're on Apple, Spotify, Podbean, and many more places. But for now, let's go ahead and get back to the show. Alrighty, everybody. Welcome back. This week, we are discussing the 2021 film, The Medium, originally released on July 14th, 2021 in South Korea before being seen at Beyond Fest for the first time in the U.S. on October 6th, 2021. 
uh, was not able to find any budget or opening weekend information on the film, but it did have a worldwide gross of about $7.5 million. The movie has a runtime of two hours and 10 minutes. And again, with the names this week, I'm going to do my best. Um, again, correct me if I'm wrong, but let's go ahead and get into it. The film was directed by Bon Jong, P. San Tan Na Kun. And of course, it has a, a very, a very stellar cast. I mean, I, not to get into it already, but really enjoy the acting with this movie. Uh, but Narilia Gulman Koplek is Mink. Sawani Utma is Nim. Sarani Yan Kitkan is Noi. Yaska Charsorn is Manit. Boonsong Nakfu is Santi. And R. Rooney Watana is Pang. So, a shaman and her family are sent down a dark path when her niece, Mink, starts to show signs of possession. Mistaking this at first for the goddess Bayan, the family quickly discovers that what is possessing Mink is not something to celebrate. So, the medium. First and foremost, I did not expect this to be like a mockumentary or found footage film, so I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah. I, we like accidentally did like a foreign film found footage month so far. <laughs> yeah, that's what it feels like so far. Um, but like, honestly, I enjoyed it. And I really enjoy with found footage when they are presented in like a documentary style. Um, just because I really, I don't know, I really enjoy like when they have like moments where they explain maybe what's happening or they give us like some background information or I don't know. I just enjoy when it's presented in a documentary. We kind of have that a little bit with the Blair Witch Project. Uh, we definitely had it with like the taking of Deborah Logan. So I really enjoy like the mockumentary style of found footage. So this one was great. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. It, I feel like it works really well in like a foreign film setting. Just because you get a little bit more insight into what's going on. Because I, I think we talked about it last week, but I feel like a lot gets lost in translation. Um, not only culturally, but just in trans genuine translation, like vocabulary wise. So I feel like they break it down a little bit more for us. So there's not as much lost in translation. So I really enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. I mean, again, like you said, I mean, this is a, again, a foreign horror film. It is based in Thailand and I really do enjoy that. And I think maybe it gives with like the documentary style, like you said, like they take the time to explain almost everything like within like the first 10 minutes, mm -hmm. like they explain exactly what we're doing here. They explain, you know, what a shaman is and how they operate within this culture. And it's, I don't know, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I liked having my hand held through this film for sure. And with it having like such a long runtime, it like, it definitely felt like they were giving us a lot to like digest it was a lot that was happening in this movie for sure yeah but they kind of just took like all the elements of a norm not a normal but like a typical um possession film mm -hmm. and usually like possession films have like one or two of the not tropes, but just like normalcies <laughs> yeah. for possession <laughs> films. But this one has all of them. Like everything that you can think of in relation to possession, it's in this movie. <laughs> yeah. And uh, quite honestly, 
at least with what we've been presented in American horror for like the longest time with possession and religious horror. Like I, I, I don't want to say that I'm bored. Just like we, <laughs> we get so much of it. And like, there's times where it just doesn't feel like it's as exciting as maybe it once was, at least for yeah. me personally. Like I definitely have like that vibe. I do like that we're getting away from Catholic possession. Yes. Um, Because I feel like that has kind of like run its course. And I'm like, of course, it's always going to be an element because that's what people think of here in America when you think of possession, honestly. But um, we're starting to get more and more horror movies that are possession based, but not in Catholicism. And I'm excited. Yeah, I think that's why I really enjoyed this movie because it was looking at like possession, but again, from like a different point of view. Mm-hmm. And like you said, we weren't focusing on like the typical Catholic scenario here. And I enjoyed it. Although it felt very familiar, it at the same time also felt new with what they were doing. For it being as long as it is, it doesn't drag, if that makes any sense. <laughs> it like doesn't. it's not. It's not one of those ones where you're like, wow, that was two hours. That's crazy. Like you, you feel it, but you're not like, good God, is this movie over type of fail. Yeah. That's how I was. I was nervous when I saw that it was two hours and 10 minutes. I was like, oh, oh no, I don't, I don't know about this, but yeah, like legitimately it doesn't like ever slow down. And I saw like a lot of reviews online that were talking about like how this movie is like a slow burn and like it's it takes, uh, you know, time before it gets anything. And I was like, I didn't feel that at all. I didn't feel like it was a slow burn. I felt like the scares and what they were presenting and the atmosphere was very melodramatic, I guess. Like nothing was like loud. It wasn't in your face. There wasn't jump scares. Mm -hmm. But I don't feel like it was like a slow burn burn because things are kind of wild from the jump like we get our first instance of mink and her possession like within like the first 10 minutes so we are pretty much on this journey as soon as the movie really starts and i don't know like it it didn't feel like a slow burn to me at all no i don't feel it either because we're just constantly being fed something (laughs) and even if it's just i do like that uh we learn more about like shamanism and like their culture Mm -hmm. on top of like the possession part of it i like seeing other cultures and it's i don't know it's really cool to see different representation in film oh for sure and like just the filming itself is like Mm -hmm. gorgeous the film looks so great uh the music is so ominous and so well done and really adds so much to the movie yeah but just so much like so much good stuff in this movie (laughs) like i don't know what else to say like there really is so many things that i really enjoy about it now the film itself was co-written by the south korean producer na hong jin who also wrote and directed the highly acclaimed film the wailing which is also available for streaming on shutter um so i think when people were like kind of getting the information on this movie and kind of seeing uh you know who was attached to it i think there was a lot of excitement there and i think that was i think for me at least why i really wanted to talk about this movie this month was because of I mean, quite honestly, Na Hong Jin being involved in it, like, because The Wailing itself is a fantastic horror film. And I was really excited to kind of see what this one delivered. And I I mean, I don't even know. I think it really delivered. I had a great time with it. I wish I would have watched it last year when it had first came out, because now I feel like I'm way behind on the times. 
because um, it's, I think it probably, we didn't do like a best of 2021 or anything like that, but I definitely think that this one probably would have been near the top. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I really did. Um, I just enjoyed a lot of it. I really did. Uh, but yeah, so the movie takes place in a small town in the Isan area of northeastern Thailand. Uh, we start the movie with hearing from one of our main characters, Nim. She is discussing the belief in spirits to, uh, or that the locals have and just how they kind of operate here. Um, we, she even kind of tells us a little bit that with spirits, they also kind of believe that they even predate religion. She explains that for the people of uh, Isan, the meaning behind spirits uh, uh, behind spirits may not be the same as like for most people they believe that everything that goes beyond nature is a spirit not just like the souls of the dead from here we also come to see that it is a documentary uh, what they're aiming to do is first and foremost uh i guess kind of again look into the life of a shaman they've interviewed a bunch of shamans all over thailand and upon meeting nim they decide to go ahead and study her more because nim is the shaman of the goddess Bayan. After we get to know a little bit about the spirits and a little bit about Nim, the documentary itself, it pretty much lets us know that the main focus here, their main topic of focus is shaman inheritance within families. Because Nim explains that her family has been Bayan's shaman for many generations. Bayan uh, herself only chooses women to be her medium. And Nim knew of this since her birth because her grandmother was Bayan's medium when she was first born. We also learned that after her grandmother passed away, her aunt then took on the shaman duties. And after her aunt, the duties were to be passed down to Nim's sister, Noi. But Noi denied the inheritance, which forced Bayan to then be the one who was going to be the shaman for the family, pretty much. Uh, so with this movie, I really like the familial trauma, I guess you could say. Yeah. And like all the drama that we get with this movie, because not only does it focus on like the horror aspect of it and like the possession aspect of it it definitely has like a family drama vibe because like not only are we getting like twists and turns with the scares we're also getting twists and turns with what the fuck's happening with this family so yeah and they have so many like little jabs to throw at each other it's wild like her brother whenever they show up to i don't know what kind of party that was in the beginning I'm not really <laughs> sure <laughs> but they show up oh no it's a funeral the, yeah it was a funeral for yeah. uh noise husband because he yes. passes away so they're at the cel celebration morning thing and uh her brother's literally like if people didn't die then we wouldn't see you yeah. <laughs> i was like oh my god <laughs> let her be a fucking shaman in the woods by herself fucker <laughs> Literally, like, right from the jump was, like, attacking her. So, mm -hmm. yeah, they literally, they don't, they don't seem to really get along with one another. Um, because Nim definitely seems like she's pretty distant from her family. But, I mean, we kind of get an idea that she didn't want to be a shaman, unfortunately. She explains that when Bayan was first possessing her body, it made her very sick. Uh, which we kind of learn later on is like a very common thing. It seems like when you're being possessed by Bayan or any other like spirits like this, like you're going to become very sick. But she was so sick to the point where she did attempt to take her own life. And after this attempt, she 
ended up giving in and allowing herself to become possessed with the spirit of Bayan and pretty much become the shaman in the family. Now, I mean, if you were to expect it to like be a shaman like this, or if you have like some type of, like if you're born into like a legacy like this, I mean, I don't know, would you be so willing to just do it? Cause I feel like the rebel in me would also like try to deny it right away and like fight my family and not want to be involved in it. Yeah, no, I'd straight up have an Uno reverse card on that shit because that sounds like a lot of responsibility. Does. And hard pass on that. Like being an adult is enough. <laughs> so being the vessel of some type of sp- ancient spirit that is very important to my people is a no for me. <laughs> and even with Noi, like there's times throughout this movie where I'm like, bitch, you better fucking get your shit together. But like at the same time, I'm like, I kind of get it because like even just like with what we do know, like with my Catholic upbringing, like even then, I mean, beyond the fear of hell and death and God and the devil that was, a, you know, uh, thrown upon me. Um, I also just like didn't I didn't want to like become like so heavily involved in it like everybody else in my family was because I just didn't want to be like my family, I guess you can say. And you definitely have like that mindset growing up where you're like. Again, like rebel without a cause, like you just don't want to give in to the sensationalism of what your family's into. And I'm just like, I get you, Noi, I do. But like, as shit's going down in this movie, I'm like, bitch, you are way past the years of rebelling and you need to get your shit together and stop this. You already said you would get your shit together. (laughs) But yeah, I think I also would not do everything I can to try to not be involved in all of this. Cause like you said, the pressure is too much. I feel like, but I also don't feel like I would sabotage my sibling. True. That was very fucked up. Cause we learned that she was like doing anything she could. Like she would be putting talismans inside of her sister's shoes and like, was trying to literally force the goddess by on onto her sister, which seems a little, I don't want to say anything. Cause again, like I understand the dynamics here are kind of tough, but like, I feel like she was like setting up her family for failure from the beginning with like being so reluctant to like accept the spirit. Cause it definitely feels like it came back to bite her in the ass a big time. Oh yeah. Couldn't be me. <laughs> but yeah, so we do have learned that Noi's husband's dead and Nim on the way to the funeral kind of explains that the men and people within the family well, not like her family, but Noi's husband's family. Like they die in like tragic ways and it's always something dramatic. There's always a story to how they die. And that includes Noi's son, who's Nim's nephew, who we are told at first passed away from a tragic motorcycle accident, um, which we learn later on that's not the case. <laughs> um, but you would think like if this family was starting to see like their family members and everything die off in crazy tragic ways that they would like get a clue that something's going on here. Like your family name is literally a final destination. Like get your, (laughs) (laughs) go speak to somebody It shouldn't take more than three for you to put two and two together. Yeah. You can't tell me that none of you are fucking sitting here and like, you know, Oh, there goes the third family member who died by being fucking decapitated by a fucking some crazy final destination shit and be like, "Mm, nothing's happening. We're fine. This is just how life is. I'm like, no girl, it's not like figure it out because you are just allowing for things to continuously grow into being, I mean, what ends up being a crazy fucking demon entity. So 
girl, they should have got their shit together a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, at the funeral, we definitely see that there's some tension between all of the siblings. Like you said, the brother immediately attacks Nim when she shows up. Uh, there's a little bit of tension between Noi and Nim when Noi sends Nim to go to her house and grab some stuff for her. And she comes back and Noi's like, I wanted the thicker one. <laughs> and Nim was like, well, then go get it your fucking self, bitch. Like, <laughs> yeah. I literally went out of my way to go get your shit. Don't be a bitch. Like you literally hate me. You literally tried to force the goddess Bayan onto me our entire life. And like you took me away from my life of living in the city to come back and be a shaman. Go to your own fucking little house and get your own fucking shit. Honestly, I really enjoy Nim in this movie. I really like like her energy. She definitely kind of walks with like some big dick energy. But at the same time, like you can tell she's dealing with a lot. And like her facial expressions, especially, they always seem so like reluctant. Even when she's like being stern and like saying what needs to be done. You can always see like doubt in her eyes. And I really like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it makes sense. Did you watch? I don't think it's. I think it's just the very end of the movie. The very last clip, yeah. Yeah, I was like, I don't think it's a in the scenes or after the credits. But um, she literally says, like, I'm not even really sure that I've ever been possessed by Bayon. And I'm like, bitch, <laughs> what are you doing then? But I love it. And I love that they end the movie with, like, that final clip. Because, like, the entire movie, like, she's the one that everybody's like, leaning on you know yeah. like they're looking to her for answers when shit starts to get real serious and she's like i'm just winging it bro i don't yeah. know <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that the entire time like she's literally is like mm, i don't know living on a prayer girl like legitimately living on a prayer is so fucking crazy but i love that because you can tell throughout the entire movie that there is reluctancy in everything that she does and it causes i mean for me personally like watching the movie it made me nervous because like I was believing in her and I was going with her because she definitely has, again, like that strong vibe. And I was like, yes, queen, slay the day. But at the same time, I'm like, I feel like she doesn't know what the fuck she's doing. And like anytime like she tried to do something or suggest something, I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't know if it's going to work. And the fact that the entire time, like she's probably giving 99.9% .9 instead of the 100%, it just kind of comes back to like everybody in this family and their Lack of belief, I guess, really kind of set them up for failure here. Yeah. It makes me wonder if that's why the ritual that she does with, like, all the cursed items, she's, like, there through the rain and she's there through the night and the day, like, doing this ritual over and over again, trying to get the black egg. I'm like, so is it taking that determination just to draw this out, this energy, or is it taking this long because you don't know what the fuck you're doing? Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of how i like felt the entire time and at that point too like she says that she was like thrown off or misled which i do believe that maybe the evil spirits were like maybe playing with her a little bit here but again like as, as from what we hear at the very end was it really like her lack of belief in herself unfortunately that like did this and like it denied her her full potential because it also feels like that could be it which is like same girl i get it every day i'm like this is the struggle so that hits too close to home i gotta go <laughs> uh, this movie again like i love it like i love all of it i love like the disbelief in um like in the spirits because again it kind of feels akin to disbelief in potential religion growing up and i mean it hit close to home i mean to be quite honest and 
like I don't know. I really enjoyed it. Uh, but once they have like their little scuffle, Noi and Nim, that's pretty much put to rest right away because Mink immediately is like yelling at one of her uncles and being like, "You called me a whore," and is screaming at him and causing an entire scene. And like again, this is like ten minutes into the movie, so like immediately we're like, "Oh, something's wrong with this girl." Yeah. And everybody like at the table is like, literally nobody said anything, bitch. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Nobody's talking to you. But yeah, so she like causes an entire scene. So after this incident, Nim becomes suspicious of Mink and kind of starts to look into what might be wrong with her. Um, there's a brief moment where Mink is staring at an older blind woman that same night who ends up dying the next day. And as the old woman's body is being taken away, Nim notices that like Mink is acting weird and is like staring at a building. And it's very, very, very strange. So Nim quickly goes to Noi's home to look into Mink's room, goes through everything and ends up finding a tumor which is called a pataba and it's pretty much what they use to kind of help ward off evil spirits and protect them from evil spirits so obviously mink is putting this in her room to try to avoid evil spirits but noi like dismisses this right away kicks nim out of the house and is like bitch this is my fucking daughter i'm gonna do what i need to do to help her and i'm like but girl like your daughter herself is like afraid of evil spirits apparently so like I don't know, maybe ask the shaman for help? Yeah, like, who better to be talking to right now? But But she's like, get the fuck out. (laughs) So with this discovery, too, the film's crew starts to film Mink and her family because they are pretty much at this point in agreement that perhaps there is some type of possession happening with Mink. But since the documentary is focusing uh, focusing on, like, shaman inheritance, what they think is that it's probably going to be Ba Yan who's trying to possess Mink and pretty much have her become, like, the new medium, the new shaman. Uh, So they start to film everything. Um, So we start to learn a little bit about Mink here. Uh, She works at, like, a type of, like, recruitment center where she helps people find jobs. Um, She doesn't seem to believe in shamans. She thinks it's funny. She kind of pokes fun at them. And at the same time, I'm like, bitch, you're poking fun at them. But at the same time, you have this fucking pataya in your room. So what the fuck is it? Which one is it, girl? You can't have both. Yeah, you can't not believe in it, but also be scared at it. Yeah, you literally cannot have the best of both worlds, fucking Hannah Montana. Like, get your shit together. Because if you can't be afraid of what's happening to you, but then at the same time, like, literally mock what shamans do. Like, girl. You mocking it is probably what's drawing this energy to you anyway, so. Definitely feels like that. Um, And yeah, and her lack of belief, again, like you said, definitely feels like it plays, like, a huge part in her possession. Because um, things pretty much start to get litty titty from here uh we also have a very brief moment where noi at like the market that she works at talks about like selling dog meat yeah i was like let's not talk about eating dogs and there's also a scene later on with a dog that also sent me to the moon and uh, the animal cruelty i was just uh, it was tough for me to get through (laughs) yeah um but yeah so noi kind of explains that when she started to get sick and uh, like was being possessed by Bayon. She like denied it. And we come to find out that poor Nim, I feel so bad for her. Like she had gone to the big city. She was going to be like a dressmaker or something along those lines. Like she was living her best life and she ended up getting sick and passing out and had to come back home. And then that's when obviously like she was like really sick and then proceeded to try to take her own life before just succumbing to the possession of Bayon and becoming the shaman. So Again, I can definitely see the turmoil between everybody. I can at least see why maybe Nim would be upset with Noi. I don't understand why Noi doesn't like Nim. And maybe it's just because Nim is a shaman and she just hates the idea of shamans so much. 
But like, I don't understand where noise, anger, or hate comes from for her sister. Yeah, I don't. Unless it's like not hate, like it's like deep seated regret for being fucking so insistent that you take this shaman inheritance. I, maybe I, I mean li- that. I like that. Aspect. That sounds like a reach, to be honest. Now that I'm thinking about it, but it could be. Familial trauma is so hard. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's why it's hard to like try to understand where she's coming from. I mean, Mm -hmm. I do, again, I understand the aspect of not wanting to be a part of this generational, like, I don't even know what the right word is, but like what you're expected to do. I understand like not wanting to do that. But the fact that like she at a young age was even like, like, I mean, like, the demon tells us later on, like putting talisman in her sister's shoes and like praying and trying to like put the spirit onto her sister, like from a young age. It's like, why? Why would you do that to your sister? And it just kind of feels like, again, like a lack of respect amongst both of them, which again, I think bites them in the ass in the end here. Yeah, for sure. Because, I mean, they're fighting not like one demon, well, they're fighting like a fucking army <laughs> of demons. A legion. Here. A literal legion of demons. So, like, you needed, like, all the strength and all of the power of Mayan to fight these fucking demons. Like, these demons. And, like, these people who are trying to fight back, like, literally have little to no belief, it feels like. So. I mean, that's kind of how evil works. So. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, yeah. So, as we're following Mink around, she pretty much goes out on the town. She has a little night out with her friend. And the film crew, of course, is there in the club. Gang crunk as well. And they start talking to her friend. And her friend shows us clips of Mink because they're like, has Mink been acting strange? And she's like, oh, yeah, she sure has. And then proceeds to show them, like, a clip of her, like, playing in, like, I don't even know, like, a playpen, like, a ball pit and, like, a slide. It looks like a child playground pretty much of some sort. And we see Mink acting like a kid, like, running around, playing in the ball pit, sliding and, like, pushing Pushing other kids. kids. Yeah. So aggressively. I was – the first time she pushed that kid, I – I, I, I audibly gasped. I was like, oh, and not her shoving this poor little kid into the wall. Yeah. I just, I don't know. It made me laugh, to be honest. After I gasped, I <laughs> laughed a little bit. I laughed when the little kid started crying because it took so long. There was just like this period of like shock. Like, did this old bitch really just swing at me? And then it says there and they're like, and then they start crying. <laughs> and Mink, um, after being drunk at the bar, her friend like passes out and she literally just leaves her friend at the bar. Mm-hmm. I was like, why would you do that, Miss Girl? Like, you'd never leave your friends behind like that. She's not a good friend. She shits on her family religion. <laughs> <laughs> she's being possessed by multiple evil spirits. So she's definitely going she just, through it. It's just not her year. <laughs> Uh, but as she's walking home, she ends up stopping at her place of work and just sleeps there instead. And the next morning, she ends up bleeding, um, almost akin to like a menstrual cycle. She looks like she's having a period. She bleeds all over herself um, and freaks out at work. Uh, so things are again are just kind of starting to take a very sour turn for her. Uh, so Noi and Monty, who's the brother, they discuss like the possibility of me maybe being possessed by Bayan and like really what else can they fucking do uh we start to see me again continuously descend into madness she slaps some random lady on like a public transport bus uh so we definitely start to see like her um her addiction to alcohol so kind of take shape here yeah 
so all of the recent footage from the crew starts to concern Nim, and she keeps pushing her you know, as much as she can to try to help Mink. Noi refuses and will not allow Min, uh, Nim at all to help Mink. So after she has another outbreak at work, Mink then is fired by her employee. We learn a little bit why <laughs> uh, a little bit later. Uh, but after this, we get like a quick moment at a Christmas parade where Nim or where Mink is like on the parade float. And her <laughs> She's just chunking that fucking candy at kids. Like very targeted missling candy at these children i fucking died because i've been on parades before and i've also thrown candy at people and like sometimes like when i would be doing that i also felt like maybe i was throwing it too hard (laughs) um but this bitch is like straight up major league baseball pitching that shit out to the kids it's so funny (laughs) (laughs) that'd be so funny if she just hiked her dress up a little bit to do that little leg thing that pitchers do Oh my god, yeah, it's like Alice in Twilight, just a full fucking split hi- music. <laughs> Super massive black hole starts playing. <laughs> Girl, I would have died. I would have lived. Um, but yeah, so she's abusing children with candy. And the next day she attempts to go back into work and gets kicked out by security. And at this point, the film crew discusses things with her employer and he shows us footage of <laughs> oh why god. he fired Mink and like she A full minute of a full minute for us of her ravagely fucking a man all over this office. Multiple men. It's multiple well, yeah, men. Yeah, yeah. Um, all over the place. Again, she's riding them on the seats, the waiting seats. She's getting railed on her desk. <laughs> Honestly, have you ever wanted to just like fuck on your work desk? Because yeah, yeah I definitely get it, girl. Get your life, mink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, there's also one where like uh, the guy's sitting in like a chair and she's just like riding him on the chair so aggressively dude aggressively and i'm like i could never the chair would break oh girl as soon as i sat down it would break (laughs) even when she's like even when that one guy's like laying back on all the seats and she's fucking him then too i'm like it must be nice to weigh like just 100 pounds because if (laughs) i was doing any of this girl the desk (laughs) itself at least would have lost at least one leg if i was being (laughs) fucked on it like that no like no office furniture is built well enough for this like scenario (laughs) my mattress has a dent in it for me just laying there (laughs) i can imagine like my weight being consistent like me literally jumping up and down Nothing in this office is going to last. Like, I would probably break through the fucking floor at this point. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Girl. Like, it was. It was aggressive, for sure. Each of the spirits was taking a turn to possess her body. Yeah. Fucked, for sure. Well, it's. She had a whole legion of demons. So they were probably just fucking training that shit. <laughs> Uh, also, really fast, I think, I don't know if it's right before this or after this, but when the film crew is talking to Mink as well and, like, discussing things with her, she, like, mentions how she has, like, the same nightmare every single night where she sees a very tall, big man-looking mm-hmm. figure in, like, a red loincloth and red vest wearing a talisman. I tried my hardest to, like, research ghosts and demons within Thai culture to see if I could maybe find what demon this was specifically. Um, I couldn't. But... Thai culture has so many amazing ghosts and demons anyways. Um, I found one that they have for sleep paralysis as well. So, you know, they have so many different ones. And I was trying to find this one specifically, but, like, I wasn't able to find it. Um, so maybe I'll have to keep looking into it. Because I want to know if we ever really kind of find out, like, who this demon is. Because we really don't get an idea of who this demon entity and her is. 
Right. Well, because at one point, the the second shaman that comes in to help, mm-hmm. he says that he, they asked how many, or they asked who was possessing her, and he said, if even if you asked me to count, I, like, I literally cannot calculate how many demons are inside of her. And I'm like, oh my God. Imagine, like, the exorcist is shaking. <laughs> <laughs> like, that is so crazy to me. Um, but after all of this kind of starts to take place, Mink does attempt suicide. And at this point, Noi does start to initially beg Nim for help. Um, she wants Mink to go ahead and do the acceptance ceremony so that she can, you know, stop having all these symptoms and just accept Bayan's possession. But Nim refuses to do this because she says that what she thinks is happening to Mink isn't a Bayan possession. She thinks it's something else. So from here, Nim pretty much starts to do her little detective work. And we come to find out that Mink was having, I guess what we're to assume is sexual relations with her brother. Yeah. um, Which I guess then led to him committing suicide. Because Nim goes back to the house when Noi isn't there because she's in the hospital with Mink. And like forces her way into his room. And he had like a whole bunch of pictures of him and Mink together. um, Plastered on like his dresser. So Nim is like... She's yelling at her brother pretty much. And she's like, how the fuck did he die? Like, he didn't die from this motor ac- uh, this motorcycle accident. And he's like, well, he did. And she's like, they had something going, didn't they? And his face just, like, falls. And he's just like, mm. <laughs> and then, At this point, then Nim finds out that he did commit suicide. And she goes and finds the tree where he did because the piece of the rope is still on this tree. So what she thinks is happening is that the spirit that kind of came from his suicide is now vengeful and is trying to possess mink and pretty much punish her and the family i guess for everything uh how do we feel about this like incestual twist because i was jaw on the floor i was like not this um i had to rewind it because i thought surely i misunderstood something yeah i was like or like crossed somebody's like family tree somehow. I was like, maybe I thought we were at the brother's house, but we're not. It's somebody new. <laughs> and then the, yeah, no. I reround and I was like, fuck. I did hear right. <laughs> um, Shocked. Yeah. I mean, I can't say that I'm like, oh yeah, I love this plot twist because nobody loves incest. <laughs> yeah, the brother lover angle was a little shocking. Um, yeah. But I guess it does really add to like, I mean, what we come to find out later is like a family curse um, Mm -hmm. and just like bad karma that's been bestowed upon this family. And I mean, it's definitely also taken shape in in relation to the relationships with one another Um, because it was very twisted and I was very, again, like taken aback by it. But I was also, I was like, oh, okay, maybe this is what's happening. But at this point also, like, we're not even halfway through the movie yet. I was like, this can't be, like, the shocking revelation that we think it is. Because, I mean, it's shocking for sure. I was like, but we still have, like, an hour and ten minutes. Like, this can't be, this can't be it. This can't be what's happening unless, like, I I mean, I didn't know what else was going to happen. But I didn't think that this was going to be the end. Yeah. They were uh, getting ready for the next chapter is what it feels like. Pretty much. Again, this movie is long and like so much has happened up to this point alone. And like we still have like, again, like half the movie. Uh, But Noi at this point takes Minks to her, uh, takes Mink to her own acceptance ceremony, uh, which results in Nim showing up and warning them that like this acceptance ceremony could easily lead to her being possessed by anything. And 
So she's like upset. They're yelling at one another. And Mink ends up getting up and taking the camera from one of the cameramen and just beating the shit out of her mom with this camera before just <laughs> running off into the woods. Yeah. I was, again, I shouldn't have laughed, but I was like, not the mom getting railed like this. I could not help but be like a little like giggly because it's like, I don't know. I didn't expect it to happen. So it kind of like threw me for a loop. I just love that she, the way she like yeets the camera away from this guy. <laughs> It's very funny. And the way she runs off is, like, so funny to me. It's, like, I always... When people run off in, like, any movie, I always just think of Anna Ferris in Scary Movie when she, like, runs away from Billy in that movie. Oh, and yeah. She, and she's, like, ah, and her arms are just flailing. I always just picture people like that when they run off. So when she just, like, beat the shit out of her mom with the camera and runs off, like, I can't help but picture, like, Anna Ferris running around with her <laughs> arms all wiggly. So <laughs> it made me laugh a little bit. But, yeah, very fucked up situation. I did feel bad for the mom um after this but after this whole ordeal uh shit again is kind of pretty much starting to hit the fan always something's always happening girl so mink is pretty much gone for a month and during this entire time like you said a little bit earlier nim is performing like the ceremony at the tree um with all of the belongings that were in mink's room all the, like the what do they call them like the um, nasty think- belongings or something I think they said dirty or foul. Yeah, something like that. Because Mink was like running around in her possessed state, just like taking things from people, I guess. Um, so Nim is trying to find Mink, or at least try to find answers. She's doing the ceremony at the tree where Mink's brother killed himself. To try to get answers, like Stormy says, she's there through the rain. I don't know if it's her lack of belief or just the demons themselves that are keeping her there for so long. Uh, but again, Mink is gone for a very long time. We get like a short clip of a cab driver, I guess, who came to the police and gave him a video of Mink getting out of the car at this random road and him facing her one way, reversing, and then going to go the other way and her being in the exact same spot. Uh, pretty creepy. I enjoyed that little moment. Yeah, I was half expecting... Her to, like, run at the car or something. Yeah, I was expecting something else to happen. It didn't. Maybe this is the slow burn people are talking about. (laughs) Uh, But it still, like, freaked me out. Yeah. There's another part. I think it's a little bit earlier um, where Ming is sitting in the back of the car. And she looks very sad. But then you look her reflection in the (gasps) window (sighs) and it's, like, smirking. So good, dude. That was probably my favorite shot in the movie. And it's a movie filled with amazing shots and a beautiful imagery. But I really think that was the one thing where I like, I wanted to clap. I don't know if that's like funny at all, but like, I like, I wanted to clap because it was like, so, cause I didn't notice it like right away. You're like chef's kiss. <laughs> yeah. It was one of those things where you really have to notice because her acting is great in this movie, the actress who plays Mink. And so like when she's looking so distraught and like, just so like drained, I'm like just staring at her face. Cause I'm like, Oh, this poor girl. And then like, before I had to rewind it because like at the very last second I noticed the reflection and then it cut and I was like oh wait let me go back and then just seeing that bitch smirking in the fucking mirror was like chef's kiss like you said or <laughs> done right I loved it but yeah so as Nim's doing this ceremony she ends up getting a black egg and she's like I've been tricked and then she like runs off to the area where we saw that video clip of Mink where she got left the cab which I in my head, I was like, did nobody search here in the first place? Like, did nobody look around the area where she was last seen on video? Because Nim runs out there and, like, runs into the woods and then, like, immediately finds this huge old abandoned building. And I'm like, again, did nobody, did these, I mean, I understand why they were yelling at the cops for a month. I was like, did they not go and, like, look? Because right. it wasn't hard to find this building. 
again a cab because literally what the fuck are y'all doing it took nim two seconds to find this building she's an original scooby-doo <laughs> she is uh, yeah, so they do find Ming's body while well, Nim does, and she takes it back. And so then she goes to go pray to the statue of Bayan again, and the statue has been beheaded. This demon is a petty little bitch, and... Broke the mascot. <laughs> <laughs> this demon came into the backyard and, like, fucking starts breaking shit, because the way that Nim is, like, crying for this beheaded statue, and I definitely get it, but... Acting again, well done, Jeff's kiss, but she was screaming bloody murder. But after they find Mink in this old building, she's pretty much, like, fully possessed. I mean, I don't think that she wasn't already, but at this point, like, she's no holds barred. Because after the statue's been beheaded, Nim runs back to the house, and she starts, like, berating um, Mink pretty much. She's like, who are you? Who are you? And, like, the demon's like, I'm Bayan. And she's like, "Ah, I asked who you really are. And then she, like, gets up and, like, rips her shirt off and grabs her uncle's hand and, like, forces him to touch her breasts. And then she rubs her vaginal juices all over his face. And she's like, don't you like little girls, uncle? And it's, like, tackling him and attacking him. And, like, everybody's panicking. They hold her down. Nim has, like, a quick, like, ritual almost where she has, like... It's like string, right? That she puts around her head and puts her finger in like a glass of water. And she starts like uh, chanting pretty much. And then like the black stuff that comes out of Nim or out of Mink's finger into the glass. I was like, "Uh, what is going on, girl? Well, and then like the glass breaks. And I was like, so does that mean that the demon broke the glass or did the glass break because the demon's in it? Yeah. Or like. I thought maybe it's like the demons are too strong or something yeah. like no matter. Cause it feels like she's trying to get the demon out of her. But again, we come to find out that there's multiple spirits inside of her. So I think at that point she realizes it's not just like one thing going on here. Yeah. Like there's something bigger happening. Cause after it too, like it calms Mink down a little bit, but she's still obviously possessed. So she's like, tie her up right now. So they tie her up and leave her in the room. Her uncle literally ties her up with a fucking alarm clock. <laughs> I didn't fucking notice that. I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at this point, Nim's like, I need help. I got to figure out what the fuck is happening here. So she does end up seeking help from another shaman who we come to know as Santi. Because um, she needs to know what the fuck is happening with Mink. Uh, so the man, they take Mink up there uh, to meet him. And he states that what is in Mink is not one spirit, but many. We already know this, obviously. But they all together have formed like this demonic entity because all the spirits are vengeful. All the spirits are evil, pretty much. And all of them coming together and working as like one has caused them to become like this evil demonic entity. Um, and then it's also revealed that a noise husband i guess his ancestors beheaded thousands of people and i also don't know how he just knew this at the top of his head but he did um but he then explains that you know with these people and their dying wishes they curse the family with bad karma for all of the children all of their offspring and then he had to go and marry the one woman who rejected by um I gagged, to be honest, at like this whole little twist. Again, he just had, he knew all the information already. And I'm like, where were you this entire time? But, you know, whatever, it works, I guess. Um, but I did gag because when he's like, and he married the one who rejected Ba Yan. And then like, noise face. The shade. Like, <gasps> she looked like, uh, like shocked Pikachu. I love that. <laughs> Too stunned to speak. 
<laughs> the woman was too stunned to speak. I lived, girl. I loved it. And I was like, I just love how things like continue to unravel with this movie. And this is another twist that popped up where I was like, oh, it all just makes sense at this point. These people are cursed. <laughs> cursed. <laughs> Did you like this like little twist moment or this little revelation? Yeah. The only thing I, I asked the same stuff is like, how do you know this? Where have you been? We could have used you like half a movie ago. <laughs> and like, it didn't seem like she had to like go search very hard to find this man. So it's not like they traveled a far distance. Like you knew what was going on and you're not going to come help me. And that's the sus part. Yeah. And also like, how do you know all about like his ancestral slaughter i guess but how did like nim not know this or if she knew him why did he like say hey just so you know like this man that your sister married has a curse on his family so be careful like shaman to shaman like help me out here my guy like right why tell me this like when my niece is like rubbing her pussy juices on everybody's face my like God. why now why not when we first met each other 20 years ago you know right what are you doing sir so I didn't trust him at first, to be honest, because of that. Um, I expected him to be like, honestly, like a supporter of the demon or something. Oh my God. And I was like, like fostering it and like trying to help. He's secretly been possessed from the very beginning. <laughs> I really did. I, I honestly, I thought it was going to be like a cult situation with him. Like not going to lie with like his followers or the people who have like practiced with him when they were all coming together for the ceremony at the end. I was a little bit nervous because I honestly felt like. I was like, there's no way that he knows all this information and is just not telling anybody and then having it handy. And then I really did think it was going to be you know, some type of cult, but it didn't turn out to be that at all. Yeah. Uh, um, so he just ended up being, you know, a very well used plot device to explain what the fuck is happening. Yeah. He's very convenient. His existence. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so after they meet him, they pretty much explain that they're going to have to do a, a huge ceremony to try to save Mink, which takes a lot of preparation. So Nim and him are together. They're doing all this preparation for multiple days. And we kind of get some fun, like paranormal activity shots inside of Mink's home. Um, nine days counting down to the ceremony. Uh, they set up all the cameras because... Noi kind of tells the crew that when she wakes up in the morning, the house is always a mess. It's always in disarray because Mink is getting up and fucking shit up. And so they're like, okay, well, let's put cameras in and see what she's doing at night. And like over the next couple of days, we get some of the most creepy like imagery I've ever seen. Like the way that Mink just crawls around and stares at the camera and pisses on tables is frightening. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It freaked me out. Like all of these like clips that they were giving us. Yeah. And there's not, I always come to expect, I, I'm assuming it just because of paranormal activity, but I've come to expect like on these like home cameras or security cameras that we're going to get a jump scare. And we didn't. And I like it. We did get one. Which one? There was one. I don't know if it was the first day or the second night. Because I know, like, when they first start showing us what's happening at night, like, she leaves her room and she just, like, starts making a mess and, like, scares the dog away um, and then pisses on the table. I think it's, I don't know if it's the same night or not, but when she gets up on the on top of the table and pisses on it, she then gets off and, like, leaves the screen and then she immediately pops up in the frame of the camera. It's, like, the only time that they gave us a jump scare and it got me for sure. But that was the only time that they did. But the rest is just like creepy imagery and yeah. disturbing happenings. Mm -hmm. um, 
there's one point where the mom's sleeping downstairs and like mink crawls on top of her and it's like moving into her face. I don't like it. Yeah. So creepy. And I like literally like sleep paralysis demon vibes, like the way she's like on her chest and just breathing on her. It made me so anxious and I was nervous. I thought she was going to kill the mom. Um, Yeah, that's what I thought too. But she didn't. And like the film crew shows her this. And um, shout out to the actress also that plays Noi. Honestly, I mean, again, shout out to all of them. They all do so amazing in this movie. But after they show her this clip, there's like a moment where they're interviewing her. And I don't know, girl, just like her facial expressions and just how she looks like so defeated, but still like like slightly hopeful that her sister can save Mink. Yeah. Is, it's almost endearing. And like I... I felt so bad for her in that moment. And like, I wanted to give her like the biggest hug because she plays like a stern mom as well as like a concerned mom so well. Um, But yeah, I felt really bad for her there. And also my thought is like, why the fuck is Mink literally not fucking strapped the fuck down in this Constantly, right. Like, again, have y'all not seen The Exorcist? Have you not seen The Right? Have you not seen The Exorcism of Emily Rose? Like, what are y'all guys doing? doing and even if y'all don't have access to these films again it's a different country girl you your sister is a shaman like you also met this other guy who's a shaman like your daughter is possessed like i understand not wanting to like harm her or hurt her because you're still trying to save her i don't give a fuck put cinder blocks on top of her fucking body as she's in bed tie that bitch the fuck down tie the bed to more cinder blocks like i don't fucking know (laughs) don't let this bitch leave this room at all until the ceremony is done right but they just let her i mean she doesn't really leave i don't think again but they just let her roam free yeah like the door is not locked i guess i mean i guess she probably unlocks it from the inside i guess maybe the lock is on the inside but literally the first night she just walks out of her room and i was like uh (laughs) i don't know like fucking set up some booby traps home alone that shit or something like i don't know trip the bitch do something (laughs) trip the bitch (laughs) don't allow her to like walk around and do all of this like what are y'all doing the The, the crew y'all the crew's outside sleeping or some shit like y'all do something somebody do something to stop this bitch from walking around looking like fucking linda blair like let's figure it out because <laughs> it was like really upsetting to me because then she like at one point oh my god and probably one of like the creepiest literally probably one of the creepiest shots in the movie where i think it is monty's the brother's wife um her name is pang i believe but she like I think leaves the restroom and goes upstairs and then like in the corner of the stairs is just fucking Mink's face, completely yeah. white eyes, mouth open, so scary. I hate it. I hate it so much. Literally scared the shit out of me. But she goes upstairs and like puts her finger over Pang's stomach. Mm-hmm. And then like she wakes up with stomach cramps like right away. I was like, <laughs> girl, what team is in my house giving me stomach cramps? Cause the fuck <laughs> Same, girl. Just bippity boppity booed that shit. <laughs> literally she looked like an evil little witch just with her little finger yeah in my head i was thinking like maybe she was pregnant and she's all you you the fetus type shit um but the baby is already beside them so maybe or maybe she was like cursing her to never have children again or something yeah she's tying she's tying her tubes (laughs) (laughs) that's what the motion is oh girl but after this we get probably like the one moment in the movie where i'm like traumatized girl uh because monty comes in and finds the fucking dog oh His my head god is yeah. chopped off in a pot and then he runs outside freaking out because 
I mean, obviously he wants to see what the fuck happened. So he gets the film crew and they pull up a footage of Mink grabbing this poor dog and just carrying it into the kitchen by like the tail. It's like wagging, opening up a boiling bottle or a boiling pot of water and just throwing the dog in. And then holding the lid closed. Girl. Yeah. I felt so bad because it was the most adorable little dog. Same was Lucky. R.I.P. Lucky. His screams were torturous. PETA's on high alert. They're pissed. PETA should already be on this case because they were talking about dog meat markets earlier. So PETA is on the case. They're ready to shut down this movie, girl. Um, but yeah, so it's fucking wild. So he runs back inside. Uh, Mink isn't around. He runs upstairs. His baby's missing. Pong is missing. So the family runs around. They are searching all over the fucking city, the small <laughs> town for, or they're all looking all over the town for her. Um, Monty ends up finding the baby just like sitting out in the bush by itself, pretty much. And then Mink pops up with a knife and just like <laughs> charges at him and like tries to yeah. stab him. And like he's holding the knife with his hands and like she's just like it's <laughs> cutting him. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, it kind of gave me gooseies a little bit. A little bit of gooseies. It makes my hands hurt for him. Literally. I could feel my hands were tingling watching that scene. (laughs) You're cutting my hands right now. (laughs) Uh, But the family's able to stop her and, you know, stop the whole situation. So after this, the next morning, this is two days before the ceremony is supposed to happen. Uh, Noi goes over to Nim's house. And we find out, again, girl, literally they do not let us breathe in this movie. But when they get to Nim's house, we find out that she has died in her sleep. And I was so pissed, like, when she was, like, knocking on the door, and she was like, Nim, Nim, and, like, pushing the door open. I was like, this bitch better not be dead. This bitch better not be dead. <laughs> and then she's like, oh, there's maggots all over the floor. I was like, this bitch is dead. She surely is dead. And then, yeah, she was dead in her sleep, and I was so upset that she died. Uh, and then the doctor's like, we don't know why. We can't figure out what actually killed her. <laughs> Were you shocked that they killed her? No. No. I feel like she was logical, like a logical person to kill. I thought maybe at least up until the end. I thought she would at least make it to the end. I mean, the movie's called <laughs> yeah. The Medium, so I didn't expect The Medium to die before the last act happened. But, I mean, they did it right, honestly right before, again, like the final act. The fact that they killed her off like that was very shocking. Uh, I respect it. Um, looking back on it. I loved it um, because it definitely like shocked me for sure. But anyways, they proceed with the ceremony and we do get the last act. The last like 30 minutes of this movie are, they're wild girls. So Santi again decides to proceed forward with the ceremony. Uh, Noi has a moment again being interviewed where she's like, you know, hey, I'm going to do anything I can for my daughter, even if that results in me dying pretty much. So they proceed forward with the ceremony. They have, uh, everything set up outside of this old building because they're going to do it in the old building where they found Mink's body because that's where she was fully possessed by all these spirits. Um, so they're going to try to call them to this place uh, so they can pretty much banish them with the spellbinding ritual pretty much. Um, so they bring like a big, is it an ox that they bring yeah. into this building and behead? Well, they kill another one, girl. <laughs> they kill another animal. And during the ceremony, he's like waving the ox's head by the horns. Just shaking it around by his, yeah. I was like, uh- not the Macarena with the ox head. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's all, come get it. All shaking it. I was like, oh, my God. 
Yeah, girl. But yeah, so they proceed forward. They have Noi because she's going to be the vessel pretty much for the spirits to inhabit so they can banish them. So she's like covered in like um, some type of like cloth. I don't know what it is exactly. And it's tied around her face. Yeah. Um, but everybody's there. They're all chanting. They're all doing what they can to try to stop this. The spirits enter Noi's body. She's bleeding from every available hole in her body. Um, and then Santi like beats her in the fucking head with, I don't even know what it is, but he hits her with some type of blunt object, knocking her out and resulting in her vomiting. I thought he stabbed her, girl. I thought he stabbed her also. I was like, <laughs> again, I thought it was going to be a cult. I was like, he is sacrificing her. He's here for the evil demon spirits. But no, he was just like knocking her out, I guess, so she could throw the shit up into like a pot thing that they had. But I thought he was stabbing her in the head as well. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, why did you put a bag on her head? If you're going to do that <laughs> anyways, God damn. Good girl. But uh, Mink is back at home. Like they have her locked in the room and at, at home it's Pang, who's Monty's wife, the baby, a cameraman, and one of the guys who, um, you know, lives, follows, works with Santi. Um, and so Mink is in there like screaming and crying and like yelling for Pang. And she's like, should we help her? And that guy's like, no. Like, Santi, the, you know, master said, don't open this until the ceremony is fully over. They'll call us. They'll let us know. And then I don't want to, like, be upset with her, but I'm kind of upset with her because she literally fucked everything up. But Ming starts crying like a baby, pretty much. And I don't know if, like, she's possessed Peng's mind to where she can't see the baby. Because she looks in the crib and she doesn't see anything, I guess. And she's like, she has my baby. She has my baby. And then that guy, like, tells the cameraman to go look to see if the baby's there. And the baby's in the crib. But I don't know if she just doesn't see it. I don't know if she's tricked her mind or something. But she's fucking stupid. And she ends up opening the door. And we see that Mink is literally, like, screaming as a baby from her mouth before just fully fucking attacking everybody. She murders Peng. Kills the other guy and chases the cameraman into another room. Uh, when he peeks out a little bit later, uh, we see only what I assume to be is Mink eating the baby alive. Is yeah. what it looks like to me. Yeah. Which was crazy. Usually we don't uh, we do not do that in movies. So many taboo things in this movie yeah. for sure. Um, a lot of trigger warnings. We probably should put it at the beginning <laughs> before we discuss the movie. But yeah, girl, there's suicide attempts. There's incest. There's devouring of babies. There's boiling dogs alive. Like the taboo things in this movie are like on 100. But she's eating the baby girl. And then she chases the cameraman into the room and kills him also. So yeah, that was that was rough. It was crazy. I was shocked. Again, like, ah, I don't too know. Too stunned I, to speak. <laughs> I was too stunned to speak the entire time. Uh, and then back at the old building, shit has also hit the fan. The spirits, the evil spirits that traveled here because everything's been fucked up because Mink was let loose. Um, the lights turn off in the building. Everybody on the outside of the building who was chanting starts to become possessed. And there's only a few of them who aren't possessed. Um, but they all start to like act like wild animals and chase around the cameraman who's still alive. They're like nibbling at him and eating him. Nibbling? <laughs> He's able to get away for a split second before Mink pops up behind him and like she takes the camera from him and we see his guts coming out of his body. Um, fucking wild girl. And then on the inside, Santi becomes possessed and kills himself. Um, everybody else becomes possessed. Monty kills himself. Um, and then Noi the entire time is like, she's like, I'm, I'm Bayan. I have Bayan in me now. Right. And I fully thought when Mink like showed up that we were going to have a fucking 
a battle girl. Good versus evil. <laughs> Demons versus Pyon. I did. I thought like they were going to start fucking just throwing shit at each other. And I was like, yes, girl. And I really thought like Noi was going to be like this powerful presence. And like she accepted Bayon fully. And they were going to like, I don't know, fight each other. And when she was trying to like chant on Mink's head, Mink tricks her and chokes her out a little bit. Uh, a little bit. She, Just a little, little bit. bit. She doesn't kill her fully. <laughs> uh, but then she goes over, kills the cameraman, and then sets her mom on fire. And the last words that she says are the family name uh, from the father's side. And that's how the movie ends, girl. Oh, well, then we get a clip, obviously, of Nim explaining that. Right before her death, her last words, pretty much, her last interview was just saying that she didn't believe if the spirit of Bayan was in her, if she was really possessed with it. Just further showing that everybody involved in this crazy possession scenario really didn't believe that they were going to be able to get out of it. So that's how it ends. Yeah. What a wild ride. I had a good time. Again, like... So many taboo things happened. So many shocking things happened. Um, it definitely felt like, you know, the exorcist tied in with the, uh, you know, days of our lives or some soap because oh my God. Like, all the family drama was just making me gag. And I, I don't know. I will probably highly recommend this movie to anybody and everybody, to be honest. Do you think it's like uh, rewatchable? Um, I watched it twice in preparation for this. Uh, Me too. So I think so. Like, I honestly enjoyed both watch-throughs, like, wholeheartedly. Like, I don't know. It might not be for everybody. I do think, obviously, some of the um, more tragic happenings and more of the you know, shocking things can be difficult for people to maybe watch or see. Uh, so obviously go into it with some reluctancy if, you know, Watching a dog be boiled alive is something you're really, like, not down for. Which I'm not down for either. Like, I skipped it the second time that I watched the movie. For sure, I did not watch it again. Um, but beyond that, I think it's not too difficult to, like, fully watch through. Even with the baby being devoured, like, we don't see, like, it actually being devoured. We just see blood in the crib, which is still, like, shocking. Um, but even then, like, it wasn't too hard for me to sit through. So, I think it's rewatchable. Did you enjoy like both sit-throughs with it? Yeah. The first time I feel like I wasn't focusing hard enough, so I didn't get the whole... I didn't understand everything that was going on. So I think that's why I enjoyed both. It's because like the first one was very casual, <laughs> laid back, <laughs> just kind of taking in the visuals and stuff. Yeah. And the second one like made sense with the story and connecting everything, and I was like, oh, this is fucking scary. <laughs> it's good shit. I was just going to say, I don't think I would, like, watch it often, but I could definitely make it through another watching for sure. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to be, like, a comfort movie. I don't think I'm going to, like, just throw on the medium for shits and giggles. Uh, those kinds of horror films definitely fall within, like, the slasher subgenre for me. Those are my comfort horror films. Um, but this is one that I will definitely make sure people watch if I can, you know, get them to sit through it. Um, the familial... Trauma and possession definitely feels very reminiscent of maybe even hereditary. It definitely has more of like that kind of vibe to it, I guess, than most possession films, just because the family side of it, it seems to play like a really, really, really heavy part in what's happening. Like, it's not just like a little girl or somebody, you know, getting possessed by an evil spirit and a priest trying to save them. Like, 
it all comes down to what the family did to cause all of this. Um, and I don't know. I love when that shit kind of comes into play. Maybe it is my own family trauma talking. I don't know. <laughs> Probably. Uh, maybe it's the. I feel you know, it though. <laughs> the cathartic nature and seeing stuff like this happen. Uh, but just to see like family trauma actually resulting in something so fucking crazy as like a demonic possession. I'm like, Oh, okay. Like my stuff, my shit is rough. Like what I've gone through is rough, but like, at least I'm not being possessed by <laughs> a million vengeful spirits because of what my family's done, you know? Right. Small silver linings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the darker side of Encanto for sure. <laughs> oh my God. Um, but yeah, such a fucking good time. How? What should we rate this out of? Out of five? Um, sex tapes in an office. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of anything else. Strong ass desks. Um. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't know either. What do you think? I mean, I acting's great. Directing's great. Cinematography's great. Score is great um well orchestrated scares nice slow burn scares like well thought out character development great background information um really the only thing i was kind of like rolling my eyes at was santi coming through with all the information now in five minutes yeah. tells us everything we need to know um but beyond that like very solid i don't do i i, I think maybe a four yeah four i was and a half maybe I was thinking a four. Four is very solid. Yeah. Very fair. Yeah. For sure. A solid 4.0 for me. Okay. I think I will go with, I always orchestrate off of like letterbox ratings. Um, yeah. And you can't do like a 4.2 or something along those lines. So I think off of these first two watches, I'll definitely put it at 4.5. Because quite honestly... It might be, like, my favorite part about the movie, but I really enjoy the acting. Like, even if, obviously, there's, like, a language barrier there and I'm just having to orchestrate off of what I'm reading with the subtitles, the facial acting in this movie is, like, so present that, like, I I just, like, knew what they were going through without really having to understand what they were saying. Like, I just knew off of their facial expressions alone. And right. to me, that's so powerful and that goes so beyond language and it just speaks volumes and like they killed it and I'll leave it at four and a half for now. And we'll see what happens when I rewatch it. And when I force somebody else to watch it with me, um, because it will happen. It was a blast to me. Yeah. Agreed. But that's the medium. It is on shutter. Go and check it out. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much films on shutter month. Uh, <laughs> we did our best. Um, even though one of them wasn't exclusive to shutter, but it's all right. And honestly, I'm hyped up to get into next month, if we're being honest. Yeah. I'm, honestly, there's not a month that, like, in our schedule that I'm looking forward to, that I'm not looking forward to. Like, all of them are very exciting. But I yeah. think February is my favorite. Should we tell what we're doing Should we? Next month? Should we? I don't know. Should we? You do it. Uh, okay uh well i guess keeping up with like the streaming tradition we are going to go ahead and discuss films that are streaming exclusively on netflix next month um so we're focusing on netflix the streaming giant the bitch that changed the game for sure and what's very fun about this and 
I don't know if I, <laughs> I don't know if I want to like give away all of our information, uh, but we will be discussing four different films. But we also will have another exclusive bonus episode for the month, another slasher talks episode, where we'll be discussing the new Texas Chainsaw movie that's dropping to Netflix exclusively. So it all just kind of works out. Um, a very stacked month next month, and I'm very very excited. Me too. Thanks for tuning in for. It's not even found footage. Oh, thanks for tuning in for, <laughs> <laughs> for our Shutter Month, guys. Thank you so much, Lova. And Stormy, where can everybody find us? You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at the same handle, at slash underscore her underscore pod. You can find us on pretty much every streaming platform, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean and Spotify. You can email us at slasherpod at gmail.com. We love you so much and tune in for some more. Stay spooky, guys. Stay spooky, everybody. (laughs) Bye. Bye.